From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for August 20th, 2008. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by my team, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In this week's show, we'll have a review of our recent field trip to Disney Quest. And for fans of Kevin's restaurant reviews, this is your lucky week. Kevin will tell us his thoughts on Artist Point at the Wilderness Lodge and the Captain's Grill, formerly the Yacht Club Galley, over at the Yacht Club. And one of those two restaurant reviews Kevin describes as his worst Disney experience ever. All that on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the show, everybody. And uh, I'm actually a very lonely Pete Werner here by myself. It's uh, fairly early in the morning. And uh, we are waiting for Tropical Storm Fay to finish limping its way through central Florida. Although it did do some flooding down in uh, the southern portion, uh, part of the state. Uh, those of us here in the in the central Florida area seem to do pretty good. Um, so thank goodness for small favors. We were actually not supposed to be here this week. We had uh, pre-recorded shows because uh, we had gone out to Las Vegas last week for the New Media Expo, something we'll talk about in our next show. And uh, we were supposed to uh, go from Las Vegas to uh, California for a week in Disneyland, but uh, when we heard that the Tropical Storm was heading for Florida. We decided it was better to cut that trip short and just come back. So we never did make it to California. So I can't complain personally because I was there for 12 days in April, but I kind of feel bad for John and Kevin who haven't been out there in a while. Will's never been out there. Corey and Julie did decide to go on ahead, and they are, uh, they're out there this week. They'll have uh, some reports for us when they get back next week. So... As I'd mentioned uh, a few weeks ago, we're uh, pre-recording uh, these shows, and uh, we don't have an email show this week. We're going to be back to our regular schedule starting next Tuesday, or next Wednesday, the 27th. And uh, until then, here is this week's show, starting off with our review of Disney Quest. All right, we are back, and for this segment, actually, we have uh, changed some of the players at the table on are Corey, Julie, John, and Kevin, and Walter, Will, and uh, Walter's nephew, Max Eccles, and myself are here, and we're going to talk a little bit about Disney Quest. Now, Disney Quest is something that uh, I had not done for quite a few years, and uh, rumors have been going around for the last, the better part of the last couple of years that uh, Disney Quest was going to be closing. And uh, as we have subsequently found out, it looks, like, it looks as though those rumors are not true, that Disney Quest is going to remain open. And I have to be honest, going into Disney Quest this past weekend, I kind of expected to find, um, I, I expected to find it in disrepair. We've heard some complaints from people that, you know, they went in and the things weren't working and, you know, the cast was kind of demoralized and i got to be honest, I did not experience that at all. No, uh, I didn't see that either. Uh, there were a couple of uh, arcade games that were out of order when I tried to play them. Which is always going to happen if you, you have know, that many. Yeah, really. I mean, right. you can't avoid it. But beyond that, uh, everything seemed to be in great working order. 
Uh, now, for those who are not familiar with Disney Quest, let me just give you a little background. This was something that was built at Downtown Disney, I want to say, in 1998. I believe it's about 10 years old. And uh, the idea here was that these were going to be virtual theme parks that could be built in other locations. The plan, uh, well, one was built and opened in Chicago. One was planned, and I'm not sure if it was actually opened in Philadelphia. There was one planned in Disneyland, which I don't think ever made it off the drawing board. A few other cities were planned as well. The idea generally was going to be that this was going to be a way for Disney to extend their brand in a more local way uh, without building billion-dollar theme parks. And it just did not take off. It just did not work. They tried. uh, Chicago failed and closed. I was going to say, didn't they put one in Chicago? Yeah, and it closed. closed. it It did not survive because of poor attendance. And uh, then there's the one at Downtown Disney, the original, the prototype that has been there for 10 years now. And like I said, when I went in uh, last weekend, I really expected to find it in a state of disrepair and was pleasantly surprised that uh, that was not the case. Now, Disney Quest is broken up into a series of zones. You have the replay zone, which is where you're going to find a lot of the, uh, we'll call them the legacy arcade games, uh, if you are 30-something or 40-something, these were the games you grew up playing. Asteroids and uh, Galaga and All your Galaxian and Pac-Man. Pac-Man. Your Midway games. You know, your Mario and Donkey Kong type games. Your ski-ball. Ski-ball's there. Well, no, actually, the uh, well, yeah, there's ski-ball down on that level. And then there's uh, that's in the replay zone, and that's uh, also where you're going to find uh, Buzz Lightyear's, uh, what do they call it? Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blaster. There you go. Yeah. And uh, which is a, a bumper car, which is kind of like bumper cars, except you can drive over these uh, cannonballs. These cannonballs that get sucked up into your car, and you put them in and you shoot them at other cars. And if you hit them in the right, another car in the right place, that car spins, spins around. wildly out of control. Which is all we spent our time doing. Was <laughs> Everyone spinning. was shooting us, and we spent our whole time spinning I wildly saw, out of control, time after time after time. Well, that's because Walter was driving. We we have a new rule with video games. Walter never drives. Well, if you had shot someone, we could have uh, kept on going. But <laughs> you would you if you had driven over a ball, I would have been able to shoot someone. We had balls anyway. But okay, um, so that's the replay zone. That's that general area. Then you have the score zone, which is where you're going to find your more current and edgier uh, video games. Uh, this is the area wherein I. Uh, Proved my dominance over the youngins. He did. Uh, he did. By showing them that a 43-year-old <laughs> has game on these video games just as much as they do. I got my <laughs> kicked by an well, eight-year-old girl. But you, <laughs> <laughs> it was some racing game. But in your, but in your, it was it was one of the Sega racing games. But in, in your defense, Walter, you're someone I don't play video who games. doesn't ever play video games. Now, I, on the other hand, this is you're talking to somebody who has a. An Xbox 360, a PlayStation 3, and a Wii in his office. The little so, girl walked away in disgust. She's like, you're not even in competition. It was horrible. It was Walter horrible. was like, yeah, it, yeah, he not only got beaten, but it was like trash talking by an eight-year-old girl. Why did you waste my time? Yeah, you really, know. she was talking smack. Pathetic. That's funny. So uh, but that's, they, the replay zone has a lot, of, a lot of cool things. One of them is uh, 
kind of an interactive pinball game. I don't know if you've checked that out too much, Max. The uh, I saw it. But... The uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, Mighty Ducks uh, Pinball Slam. Yep. yep. We actually like get on these. They look like aerobic. Kind of. Yeah, it's yeah. very aerobic. There's an awful lot of bouncing and jumping that goes on. Right. And you actually control your character on this big screen. Big screen pinball machine, and you're bouncing around. It's a lot of it's, It looks really cool. Yeah. It looks really cool. But that's the replay zone. Then you have the create zone, and this is where they have uh, the animation academy, where you can draw. The, an animator comes out and teaches you how to draw, like Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck. Pluto. And you do that on a, uh, on a virtual screen, on a, uh, you know. A monitor, yep. and then they have Sid's Create a Toy, which is where it's from Toy Story, which is basically where you use a, a, a monitor and a controller to control you, you know move around Sid's room and pick up different pieces to a doll, pieces of legs, pieces of head, and it animates it, put it all you, together. You pick the, you're right, you pick the body, the head, the arms, the legs, the features, and then you can actually you know have this. You can buy this doll you just created, so. That's uh, that's Sid's cool. Creator toy. It's pretty cool, and then they had the uh, the whole music recording area, song which is maker. new. Yeah. Song maker. Yeah, since the last time I was there, that hadn't been there before, and uh, this is where you can go in and like record your own Disney song. Yeah, and really, just so all of you know, most of you are not talented enough to sing, <laughs> even though you think you are. The rest of us don't agree. So, if you go in there and you sing and you buy a CD of your song. Just play it to yourself. <laughs> Unless you're really good, and then, then we'll listen. But um, You could tell. I was looking at some of the people that were in there, thinking they were all that in a bag of chips. And I'm like, okay, you probably sound like a dying hippo. If you go up, there's a stairs right right behind the uh, the sound maker booth there, and you can kind of sneak a peek down over at the people in there. Doing oh, really? Yeah. That would have been. Oh, I figure Will finds like the dark corner like, to, be voyeur, yeah. to be a voyeur and <laughs> stare at people when they don't know he's watching. <laughs> this is what Will does in his free time. <laughs> and then, uh, then there is the... Uh, Explore Zone. The Explore Zone, which is where you find some of the cooler attractions. Yep. That Disney Quest has. What is it on the uh, Explore? Is that where where was the? Uh, well, oh, well, actually, the Create Zone is also where create uh, virtual, your own roller coaster. Well, Virtual Space Mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you can create your own roller coaster, which is something we all did. Um, again, I will have you know, the forty-three-year-old was the only one <laughs> capable of creating a level five coaster. The seventeen-year-old created a level three. No. Come on, why? Where? Who, who didn't have the spine? That was no. Who who was who, <laughs> who was curled up in a ball in the corner? No, if it was a green, he'd pick it over there. Into the mic. <laughs> if it was a green, he'd pick it. Yeah, they, they, what, what he's trying do? to infer Uncle Walter is yeah. what's the well, problem. Yeah. Here's 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 how it works. You walk up to a kiosk, and you are instructed by the most annoying man in show business, Bill Nye, the science guy, um, on how you're going to make this coaster. And then what happens is is they have you have buttons on either side of your display and beneath your display, and each button corresponds to a certain type of track. Now you have the green buttons, which are going to be your easy, simple tracks, straightaways, turns, things like that. Your yellow buttons, which are a bit more, uh, a little bit more dangerous, maybe some banks and some, some corkscrews and things like that. And then you have your red buttons, which are all your extreme things like the knot and the you know, the loops and all that stuff, all the heavy-duty stuff. You flip, your way. Now, in order, and, and after you're done putting together your your uh, roller coaster, 
it's given a grade on a scale of one to five. One being timid, five being too scary to ride is how they describe it. So the quickest way to get a five is just every time there's an option to select a red piece of track, just mindlessly you just it. keep <laughs> selecting red track. It's really simple. But, of course, the team of Max and Walter, they were a little bit, I guess, a little bit more. Well, no, I look for things that were interesting, not just because it was red, but yeah. was it a knot? Was it a loop? Yeah, was it a spiral? This, was is, it? this means I don't want to turn upside down because I'm old. <laughs> Translated. Now they have uh, they have tracks already set up for you too. You can yeah you, yeah, can, you can go you can up choose. and say I want a one or a three or five. Now did you hear what oh, the really? guy, did you hear what I the guy said that. to us? Now we you, you, I was just saying you have tracks you build tracks on a scale of one to five. They have a special track you can request. Yep. Um, that is a track thirteen. <gasps> and a five is the max. I thought that's scary. what he said. Yeah. And he said um, that. What do you do? Spin wildly out of he said It's like nothing but flips. So if you go and if you go up there and ask them for a thirteen, I'll tell you we did a five. How um, bad was it? I mean, what did you? It think? was you know. It's, look, let me tell you, I am somebody who will not do anymore. When I was younger, I would, but anymore, I will not do heavy duty roller coasters. I'm not going to do the Hulk or Dueling Dragons or Kraken or any of that stuff. But I would do this and have no problem at all. You saw me when I walked well, yeah, off. I, I was just no. Fine. We watched you doing it, and you were both talking and kind of laughing. And yeah, well, I'm like fun. I'm like explaining things to Max. I'm like pointing things out to him while we're doing like <laughs> these like multiple flips. And well, you can tell they're upside down because Max's shirt starts falling. Now, and just <laughs> just to make sure people understand the process here, you create your coaster at this kiosk, and then that is encoded onto a card. And then when you get to one of the simulators, you give the attendant your card. He swipes it. It downloads the coaster you created. And then they have a simulator you get into. It's a big red cylinder, cylinder so, yeah. type thing. And uh, this cylinder moves in 360 degrees and literally recreates the roller coaster you just built. And there's a screen right there in front of you kind of showing you this track. And you can determine whether or not it's going to be a space theme. or There's like three or four different themes, I Lava. think. Yeah. Lava was one. What was the other one? Water, I think, was one. Yeah. I mean, it was a couple of different ones. So, Virtual Space Mountain is also in the Create Zone, and then we were talking about the Explore Zone. Mm-hmm. Now, here is where you're going to find... Uh, it's the bottom level, right? That's the bottom, that's the bottom floor. And here's where you're going to find uh, Virtual Jungle Cruise, which is a really cool ride, although we didn't get to do it this particular trip. Um, the Virtual Pirates of the Caribbean, which was which a load of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Now, this is a 3D virtual experience you put on these 3d goggles these special 3d goggles and you board uh a, like the it looks like a pirate ship and there are cannons all around the perimeter of this pirate ship it's and like then a, there's also a steering wheel it's like a 180 degree screen yeah almost yeah. It's, it's two or three it's, screens it's 100 it, yeah and it's, it wraps 180 degrees around you and you've got these cannons in there that you're you know you're shooting off and it's a lot of fun i was a captain so i had walter to. was driving <laughs> And Walter was, like, steering away from boats, and he was steering towards them while we were trying to shoot them. Every boat I was trying to shoot, Walter was, like, steering away from. (laughs) And what happens is, yeah, you know, you you just kind of run around. You can run around this uh, this deck, grabbing cannons and hurrying up and trying to fire. There's Pete um, in front with two or three cannons running back and forth, firing off. I was kicking butt and taking names. (laughs) I know. I was kicking butt and taking names. Now that was the only bad thing was when I put on my uh, glasses, 3D, the glasses yeah. thing. There was like 
a lot of long hair that had been left behind, and it wasn't mine, so I put it on, and this hair stuck in my face. So I'm like, oh. Yeah, so much for them wiping these things out when they're done with them, right? Right. But um, No, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that I was enjoyed, a lot of fun. I that's that that's uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And uh, also down on that level, you have some other... Uh, you have that jungle arcade game. That's like what, Walter? Twenty-five minutes. It, it said the game can last yeah. up to twenty-five minutes. Like so you got to sit. You got to stand behind someone waiting for them to get done. So it could be a well, while. Well, yeah. And these were like uh, two-seater cars right. that were enclosed, and uh, there were like six was, or seven yeah, of them. There was a bunch. Yeah, there was a there whole was a bunch. Of but there, there was were somebody waiting behind everyone that I yes. saw. It was. It was a pretty popular uh, a game down there. So. Now, now also as part of the Explorer Zone is uh, Aladdin's Magic Carpet Ride. Now, mm-hmm. for those of you who were visiting Disney World, let's say, in the early to mid-90s, and going to Epcot, maybe you remember when they were doing a, um, a special... Uh, there was a demonstration that would go on. over. It was in Future World. I, I, I can't remember the name of this particular building. It's the building where, like for the Food and Wine Festival, they had like, the Festival Wine Store. Um, the building that that's in, that's where they did this demonstration where they had uh, three or four of these virtual reality setups uh, in place and they would uh, pick people out of the audience to come up and sit on them and you would get a chance to experience flying through Agrabah in this Aladdin VR game. And all they would say when they would introduce it is, you know, we're working on... uh, a prototype for a new attraction. Of course, it was Disney Quest, and of course, like I said, this was the early to mid-90s. And uh, a little interesting piece of trivia, uh, for those of you who may have watched the last lecture, Randy Faust, the uh, uh, professor from, um, oh, I can't remember which university, died of pancreatic cancer, but uh, gave this incredible lecture, the last lecture, which ended up being like a huge hit he was on Oprah. On YouTube. He was on Oprah. Hmm. But Randy Faust was actually one of the Imagineers who created uh, Aladdin's Magic Carpet Ride. And when he's, uh, during his last lecture, he talks about that, about working for Disney, being an Imagineer. So kind of an interesting little side side piece to tell people. But um, So Aladdin's Magic Carpet Ride has obviously been around for many, many years. Yeah. And unfortunately, this was the one attraction, I think, that really showed its age. Yeah. Um, the, uh, it, was, it was choppy. The graphics were choppy. The graphics were obviously very, very old school. Yeah. Um, my 360 is pumping out better, better pixels and better uh, polygons than, uh, than that is. Absolutely. This was, you could definitely tell this was the one ride that was outdated. The uh, the graphics were way outdated. The sound quality, I don't the know sound about you was guys, bad. I could barely hear. At the end, it cut out pretty much completely, didn't and, uh, it? Yeah, it was terrible. I just this was my least favorite of the uh, the ride there. The headgear was uncomfortable. It was. I don't know because we did the other virtual reality and it was that was fine there, but was, Aladdin was pretty. It was the game was like a straight shot. You didn't have to do much. Yeah, it really. Yeah, I think that's of, why I liked it. Because <laughs> <laughs> no skill. It was you the, just had yeah, to hold on. That was like Walter's favorite. Before or back. No, but when you look to the side, you can see the other players, but we yeah, had been turned into monkeys. So yeah. I look beside, I'm like, oh, look, everyone, we're monkeys. It's <laughs> kind of funny. Well, yeah, it's, um, well, that's one of the virtual reality. And when I say virtual reality, I mean you actually put on a headset 
and you are immersed. So even though it's old school and even though the graphics and stuff needs to be cleaned up, you still get to fly through Agrabah. Yeah, it's still kind of And it's pretty cool. And yeah. you can turn to your right and see the person sitting next to you as, you know, um, uh, Abu. The character. Right. Yeah. The monkey. That was the cool thing because the other one, the the, uh, the other people in the virtual reality weren't moving. You didn't see them. You couldn't yeah. see them interact. And in, in this one, you could see the well, other If characters. you were going faster than the other person, you could see them get ahead exactly. of you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there was also, that, that was cool. There's also another virtual reality uh, right, simulator. Uh, in the score zone called Ride the Comics, yeah. which is uh, well, you guys did it. You explain it. Go ahead, it was, Max. It was it was fine. Man. I liked it. Well, yeah. what was it? To explain to people what exactly you did. You were like you, I don't, was, you were in like a comic, and you had to fight these. I don't know what they were villains. Really. Villains, lack of a better word. And and what are you fighting them with? Just this sword. Like, laser sword, I guess they called it. So you get in. You have this weird seat that we sit on. Yeah, right? this weird. Standing seat. Yeah, it was kind of like a leaning seat. You kind of leaned on and buckled up. I guess they didn't want you running off or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kicking around. Then why were all the kids kicking? <laughs> know, kicking did know, nothing. I know. But you saw all the little kids kicking something, and you're like, what are you doing? Because all you have is a saber sword. Well, you know what? They're going to they're gonna criticize what other people looked like while they were doing this. I was running video the entire time they were doing it. So with this segment is going up a piece of video on the iTunes feed. And uh, you'll get a chance to see what they look like because, yeah, they have the virtual reality helmets on and then they have a virtual sword that they have to hold and they have to swing around. Now, when you're looking through your your virtual reality helmet, you're seeing like a lightsaber type thing that you're fighting off the bad guys with. But everybody passing by just sees this bunch of idiots with these funky visors on and like Swing flinging plastic. this thing around like they haven't had the medication. Spasma. Yeah. <laughs> now, there, there is one other ride uh, that is similar to uh, Pirates of the Caribbean we did not get to do, which was Alien Encounter, which is kind of cool. It's, a, it's another simulator where you're fighting off. But this, in this case, aliens. Was that the big? That was uh, that was ships? up on the top floor, yeah. Okay. And uh, no, the big ships were actually the ride the comics. Yeah, that's right. That was what you were sitting. Oh, you were okay. sitting in one of those big ships. Yeah. Now, uh, also, I, I want to talk a little bit about the food, because well, I'm a fat guy, so I always talk about. Well, food. the one ride that Max and I rode that no one else did. What was the one with the uh, canoe? Not the, canoes. Uh, uh, Jungle? Virtual Jungle Cruise. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We did that. You, you went back. And oh, that's we, right. You guys went back and did we, that. We, we, we went was, back and did that. That's in the Explore Zone. <laughs> There's a paddle, and it has wheels on it. Right. And as you paddle, it it, it does do as though it was a real canoe. Yeah. Because one time Max and I were both. Well, paddling. not only not only are you in a canoe, and you're looking at a, a a big screen that is showing you a scene like, you know, of water and like in the beginning it's like supposed to be the Magic Kingdom, but then you go into like. Prehistoric a dinosaur yeah. world, yeah. But you're in this canoe, and this canoe is on a very large inf- uh, inflatable airbag, air, yes. air mattress. Yeah. And this bag, this air mattress, uh, moves. Uh, it inflates and deflates in certain areas uh, to simulate the movement of the water. So you have these uh, paddles that have the wheels on them, and you're in this raft, and the raft is on this this air mattress that simulates water, and you've got this screen in front of you. And you have to paddle, and what you when you paddle, your what, what you see on the screen actually responds to that. Yes, and uh, you get sprayed with a little bit of water. We were going backwards, and finally Max had to paddle one way; I had to paddle the other, so we could straighten ourselves up. 
That's so we can start going forward again. So see the waterfalls backwards. Yep. That's what I like about stuff like that is it's not so cut and dry. It's not. No, it really did respond to the way that yeah. you would paddle. Had to work at sometimes, but it was it was a lot so of fun. Did you get real wet? Was it? I, no, not. It was like mist. A just a mist. Yeah, yeah not very wet. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. Now I, I do want to talk about uh, food options up on the uh, the fourth and the fifth floor. Uh, the fourth floor, they actually have a like I guess they call it a snack bar, and uh, you're able to get uh, like some desserts up there and some some wraps and Chicken sandwiches. Wrap and uh, it's kind of light. It's very very light offerings. Upstairs is where on the fifth floor is where they have some more substantial stuff, and we're going to have. Uh, more details on this stuff on the website. I don't have everything in front of me right now. I'm sorry. I'm a little ill-prepared uh, to do this. But uh, uh, up on the fifth floor is where you can get the pasta station, yeah. which is where you can get pizza. You can get baked ziti. Um, I got an Italian sausage uh, Italian sausage sub. Um, they also serve uh, – what were they serving over on that other side where uh, you were? Cheeseburgers. Cheeseburgers and more. Burgers and more is what I oh, – burgers and more. Burgers so, and more? Yeah. So it was cheeseburgers and chicken fingers um, and some paninis. They had some panini sandwiches. Well, on the pasta that was, side. That was on the pasta on side. On the pasta side. They had the but we're, we're going to have uh, information on this up there. Now, uh, the reason I want to bring up food in particular was because it used to be the Cheesecake Factory that was up there. And which they, is very good. Which is very good. And they did some good food, and they pulled out last year. So I was wondering what Disney was going to do. And i got to be honest. I was... Maybe because my expectations were already so low, I was really impressed with the food. Right. Um, it was better than I expected, and it was a really consistent price. It was odd because uh, there were two of us buying from the pasta area, and then two of you were buying from the other area, and both of us spent $17. Mm-hmm. And it was so, you know, Disney's trying to keep it to about eight fifty a person. It was decent food. I, like I said, I had a sausage sub, an Italian sausage sub, which you would think on Disney property would be a very greasy experience. And i got to tell you, it was definitely not. It was really good, and it was, did not feel greasy at all. It was not real heavy on my stomach. So the food seemed pretty good. What is 850 that? a person for lunch anywhere is good, especially on Disney property. Yeah. Well, I decided to be good, so I got the grilled chicken sandwich and everything you could either get with French fries or with baby carrots. So if you wanted to be healthy, you could also do that. Yes, and he just kept reminding us the entire day that he got baby carrots. <laughs> while the rest of us got potato chips. I got baby carrots. Yes, you are so special with your damn baby carrots. Let me tell you where you can stick the baby carrots. There are healthy options is what I wanted there to do. There are healthy options. I'm sorry. Did I have Highlight. a moment? Did I have a moment? So, yeah, food options, like I said, uh, they're pretty good. Uh, I'm not going to say it's, uh, you know, go out of your way to eat here. But you're in there. You're having a good time. There are good options. They're reasonably priced. Eight fifty a person on average is what you can expect to spend. Um, and now in terms of getting in, let's talk about the price in terms of getting in. You're looking at $40 for a one-day one pass. Now, there was a time where Disney Quest charged an admission fee and gave you a card with a certain number of points on it. And then when you went inside, every time you would do an attraction or play a video game, you would have to swipe your card and it would deduct points. You could buy more points to charge your card up. They've done away with that model. 
this $40 now covers everything. Yeah. Yeah. You pay for nothing unless you want, like, you know, a DVD after your virtual Space Mountain or, or the song the maker or something like the that. The song maker or the SIDS make a toy. Right. Um, outside of that, you don't have to pay anything else. You can play these video games all day repeatedly. They're all set to free play. Uh, there is no ancillary charges. You can go up into the Midway area and play. That's where they, they have, uh, in the replay zone, they have a Midway area on the fifth floor, which is great for little kids. There, those are, there are a lot of video games geared towards younger ones. And, but you, don't, you, you really you, you don't have to pay $40 to get in. The official ticket center, which is, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, a company we have a financial relationship with, sells a ticket to Disney Quest, a one-day pass, for thirty dollars and twenty-five cents, so ten bucks is ten bucks. Yeah, and that's twenty-five percent. We have you had three cost. kids, you know that's absolutely, that's, and it's raining. That's decent. Now, what I think is interesting too is that you know we had Walter over there. Now you've got Will and Max and myself. You know, kind of video game. We're video game people. Now Walter, and then was you have not, anti-technology. <laughs> but <laughs> no, this Walter, right? But still I, had, I had a good time. I, you enjoyed I really yourself. did enjoy myself. I, well, I would do it back. again. We all left, and Walter was like, I'm going back to play virtual. So I, obviously he enjoyed himself. He absolutely enjoyed himself. <laughs> and that was one of the things I thought was really uh, really good about this was that, A, this technology that they developed 10 years ago, well, they, they, they debuted 10 years ago. They developed it even longer before that, uh, has stood the test of time, with the exception of Aladdin. Everything else was pretty much there from the beginning. Not everything. No, Pirates of the Caribbean is relatively the, new. There's some new things. And the video games are, are newer, too. I went back and looked at our old gallery, and it looked like that replay zone where the NASCAR and the, the jet games, they had all been updated to the new – they had the new NASCAR in there. So they're, they're more current, but it's you – know, Right, but I'm, say, I'm talking not even in terms of, the, of those video games, but in terms of – that technology. Um, you know, Aladdin was there from the beginning. Virtual Space Mountain was there from the beginning. Uh, Alien Encounter, Ride the Comics, uh, you know, those were all there from the very beginning. Okay. And they have stood the test of time. These have, you know, they've shown that, you know, they're, 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 what they did with Disney Quest from the beginning 10 years ago was so far ahead of its time that 10 years later it's still relevant. And that says a great deal, I think, about the quality of Imagineering that went into creating Disney Quest, and what a shame it is that as a business model it didn't work better. I was surprised because I would have thought that would have caught on. It was it was a lot of fun, especially for someone who's not really into video games. Um, yeah, I you kept saying that. that. You kept saying that you're, you you were shocked that this didn't catch on. Yes, I enjoyed. It. I would I would go back. And now, Max, you know, from a, a an arcade standpoint, what do you think? It was nice. They had games for everybody. It's not just narrowed down to old games or brand new ones. It's all... There was something for everyone. There was a variety. So, I mean, it was nice. And we had no trouble spending five, six hours in that place. And we could have spent a lot more time. Yep. As a matter of fact, I really do want to go back again to get some of the things in we didn't do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, for $30 to the official ticket center, and we'll have a link... To these tickets on our show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. Um, but you can also get an annual pass to Disney Quest for $89 or a Disney Quest water park annual pass for 129 
And I'm assuming those are the updated rates and not old rates that I'm reading. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's overall, I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised. I would have to say I was very pleasantly surprised. With the quality I thought, of it. I thought I was going to be bored to death, really. Yeah. Yeah. I know you weren't exactly thrilled about going and doing this, but, you know, he was a trooper. He showed up. And if he hadn't, you know, if he had just gone with his instincts and not gone, um, he would have missed out on a great he day because we had a wonderful had a, oh, time. Oh, absolutely. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I would have uh, stayed in the replay midway zone. And never, you know what's so cool is you just walk up, and hit one player, two player, and just start playing these things. You don't have to well, swipe your card or the, go to the change machine or do this and that. One of the it. downsides, one of the downsides of having our job, is that when we go in to cover these places, we don't always get as much time to experience it as we would like. Yeah, yeah. Because you know we have, you know, we've got to make notes and we've got to take pictures and right. we've got to shoot video and we got to make sure we cover all this stuff before we go. So, I mean, it's almost like I, we have to go back a second time just to really have the experience and not have to worry about lugging cameras around and, you yeah. know, what's the, you know, take notes on this. But uh, I had a great time. I can't wait to go back. I'm going to try and get back this week. I think that would be a lot of fun. Go during the week. I definitely. I would definitely recommend going during the week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but we went we on were there on a Saturday. But, you know, we were, let me tell you, we were there it on Saturday. It wasn't as crazy as I thought it would be. And we didn't wait more than 20 minutes uh, to get on any Buzz of Buzz Lightyear was, I think, the longest. Yeah, it was. We waited like 20 25 minutes. minutes. It was yeah. 25 minutes for that. It was about uh, 10 minutes for Pirates. Um, it was, was it? about 10 minutes for Space Mountain. Aladdin was 5 or 10. Aladdin was, yeah, just about 5 or 10. Not much. So, and that was on a Saturday, and a Saturday in July. So it kind of give you an idea of, that, you know, go during, go during the week. I imagine you have the place to yourself. Yeah. yeah. It was... It was warm though. It was. That was the warm. only complaint. I had a real, comp- a real problem with that. And, uh, Every level was warm all day. It was like they were just. They were only going to air condition it to a certain point, no matter how many people were in there. And the more people that were in the building, the hotter it was getting. I mean, yeah. we were standing on line for pirates, and I literally had sweat dripping and off. We went on a ride, and Will was sweating. I, when was, we got I wiped my brow. And yeah, I didn't feel so bad at first. I thought I was having a heart attack, and then I saw that <laughs> Will was also sweating. I'm like, okay. Well, unless we're both having a heart attack, yeah, it was, it's hot in here. It was hot. Everybody was, was hot. It was, you know. That was the one complaint. Everyone was white. It was just too warm. It yeah. was just too warm. So, But uh, I think it's a, a resounding uh, yes on Disney Quest that we can highly recommend it. It's a great place to go spend a day. And just because you think it's for kids and that you're not going to like it, uh, don't be so sure. Uh, you'll have a good time. Go in. It's a great. I think it's a great place for a family to spend time together. It's a great rainy day activity. Um, if you're don't yeah. want to go into a theme park on a rainy day, and you got uh, teenagers. Oh, absolutely. And you could spend a good, good portion of your day in there. Whether you're young, old, got kids, or oh, yeah. just want to go let loose. This is a cool place. Thirty bucks. You can't beat that. Can't beat yeah, it for thirty dollars a person. You know, so, and we've got we've got all kinds of pictures. We'll have a photo gallery up. Of everything Photo gallery and video going up with this segment. So that's uh, that's our report on Disney Quest. Okay, up next we have Kevin Close with a review of Artist Point at Wilderness Lodge. Kevin, what did you think of it? Uh, Wilderness Lodge is aesthetically my favorite resort. And I'm not usually thrilled with the dining options. I really like Wilderness Lodge, but you've heard my review of Whispering Canyon Cafe. 
And as you've said previously, I think a restaurant should live and die by its food. And I've been told that I'm missing the point. And I understand that people are entertained by galloping and hooting and waving their napkins and getting 10 bottles of ketchup. But if the food is terrible, in my opinion, it's not a successful restaurant. The couple of times I've eaten at Artist Point in the past, I've really not been wowed by the restaurant. Um, I'm right there with you on that. It's it's expensive, and it's not a wow experience. So I approached this with an open mind, and I thought, okay, let's pretend I've never been here before and just go in and try again. So we made an ADR. We made an ADR for 5.30. And again, because it's Disney dining, I was informed that, sir, the restaurant doesn't open till 5.30. And I thought, okay, I don't care. I'm looking for 5.30. And she said, oh, no, sir. We can't seat you at 5.30. And I said, okay, what's the earliest time you have? She said, 5.35. <laughs> I thought, oh, okay, that'll do. So the day of, we actually ran into a problem. We had to turn around and go back to the house for a little while. And we called and said, listen, we're not going to make a 5.30 reservation. Can we move it up an hour? And again, you go through this thing of, <gasps> well, let me see. We got to the restaurant at 6.30, an hour later, and we were shown to an empty restaurant. Uh, Artist Point is a fairly large space, and there were three tables available. Or three tables taken, excuse me. So I thought, I, I don't understand the, um, you know, the sighing and sucking your teeth and trying to find a way to fit me in. I mean, it's empty. <laughs> so we, I was told when I made the ADR that you can't request a window seat for Artist Point until you get to the podium. So we did. We requested to sit in the window, and that wasn't a problem because, again, there were three tables that were full. We were surprised that a restaurant of this caliber was empty. Just after we outordered our appetizers, the people started coming in. I have to assume they were at the theme park or at the pool for the day. By about 7.30, the restaurant was pretty much full. So if you're looking for one of those hard-to-get ADRs, you might want to try a little bit earlier. It seemed to be quite available. Our waiter introduced himself, and... uh, as I've explained before, we don't like our dinner to arrive with our appetizer. Oh, no. Especially when you're out for a fine dining. I mean, that's okay when you're Unacceptable. getting chicken nuggets and fries kind of thing. But this is a fine dining thing. So we explained to him that we were going to order our appetizers. He was going to put our appetizer in. And as they we were eating our appetizers, we would place our dinner order. Didn't blink an eye, didn't have a problem with that. But again, if you're one of those people who doesn't like it, you can take control of your the way your meal flows, okay? In some places you can't. This is one of the places you can. Your table shouldn't look like a buffet. Exactly. Exactly. So um, there are six on or six appetizers on their menu at Artist Point. They range in price from $10 to, uh, I'm sorry, there's seven to $13. We started out, John ordered the crispy venison spring rolls with hot, sweet, and sour sauce. We also ordered, I ordered the smoky portobello soup with roasted shiitakes and chive oil. And we had our mom, my mom with us. And my mom is, I've explained before, has some dietary restrictions. So there, there didn't seem to really be an appetizer that was going to appeal to her. However, one of the selections as an entree is a vegetarian entree, and it's the potato chive pot stickers with edamame, spinach, and soy vinaigrette. 
and that was $20. So we ordered an entree as an appetizer, and it was just little pot stickers that you would get in any Asian restaurant, but they were filled with potatoes and chives. We thought she would enjoy that. So we, and the other thing we ordered, now again, we, we ordered a little bit more so we could try things. We ordered a selection of artisan cheeses, which is a Riesling with Riesling post... Po- <laughs> with Riesling poached raisins, dried cranberries, and walnut toast. Our uh, appetizers came, and what did you think of the crispy venison spring rolls? I liked them. I thought they were good. Have you ever had venison? Yes. Do you like venison? Uh-huh. Yeah, I have a theory. The cuter the animal, the better it tastes. <laughs> My dad was a big hunter, especially when we were younger. So we had deer sausage and salami, yeah. and oh, it was so good. Chicken's good. Rabbit's better. Bambi. Mm. <laughs> I have to make a correction before anybody writes to me. The appetizers started eight dollars and go to thirteen dollars. There are the venison spring rolls were eight eight bucks. I tried a bite of it and. I, I didn't care for them. I find venison to be too gamey for me. Yeah, and I just, I don't care for it. So venison, duck, buffalo. This is why I don't need our artist point, because that's pretty much the menu. All right. So he liked them. However, he had them to himself. Which he uh, liked even better. <laughs> right. The smoky portobello soup with roasted shiitakes is also $8. This is a delicious, rich, creamy, delicious soup. There's only one problem with it. It has mushrooms in it. It is the color of concrete. Ew. <laughs> it comes out gray. Really? There's nothing appetizing about the way it looks. And they sprinkled it with chive oil, so it was... I won't tell you what I thought. <laughs> the chive oil was yellow. If you can get past the way it looks, it's truly delicious. The, the roasted shiitakes are like... They're little tiny pieces of mushroom. Well, the soup is roasted portobello soup, so it's made out of mushrooms. I mean, it's the main ingredient. And the little roasted shiitakes on top were just little crispy add-ons. Truly delicious. Truly delicious. Everybody at our table liked it. The potato chive pot stickers were crispy, beautiful. You got about six of them. And they were laying on top of edamame and spinach, and edamame being being soybeans. What no one told us was there was a Thai chili oil <laughs> sprinkled over the top of the edamame and spinach. And my mom and John both took a big bite of it, thinking it was going to be delicious. And neither one of them liked spicy things. Oh, my. It was really very, very, very spicy. Uh, it's too spicy for them to eat. I, I thought it was awesome. I like spicy stuff. I was surprised that no one told us that. Usually they denote hot item. There's nothing on the menu to let you know that Thai chili oil is going to be used in this dish. It's a great, ve- if you like spicy stuff, it's a great vegetarian dish. Yeah, but they should probably put that on the menu. Yeah, I, th- I thought so too. I thought there should be some sort of warning there. The artisan cheeses, now I've talked about Narcissus before and they have an artisan cheese plate and Narcissus, I thought that was overly expensive because you got very little actual product. At Artist Point, there were three different cheeses. There was a blue cheese or a gorgonzola cheese. There was a cheddar. And then there was a spicier cheese I would think was some sort of either uh, Romano cheese or Asiago cheese. However, it would come from the Pacific Northwest. And I apologize. I don't know what the name of it is. But it was also very good. However, it comes with Riesling poached raisins. And what's that? what that means is it's little white, yeah, the white raisins, the white grapes. 
cooked down in wine. Now, they only give you about a teaspoon of these. I think this should be an appetizer all by itself. Oh, really? Raisins soaked in wine. They were delicious. <laughs> the dried cranberries were just that. And then it came with this little slice of, well, the walnut toast are, is very, very thin. And it's very, very crispy. It's more onto a cracker. But on the plate was this little piece of, I can only call it a fruit cake. It was a little thin slice of fruit cake. And it was it, it was all fruit. There was no anything else in it. And nobody at the table liked it. I thought it was good, but I like fruitcake. So that's $13. So our appetizers were successful. Uh, for dinner, John ordered the grilled buffalo sirloin steak with sweet potato, hazelnut gratin, and sweet onion jam. My mom had the roasted chicken breast with pear and apple root vegetable mash, sea beans, and port anise reduction. I had the seared jumbo dayboat scallops with hazelnut butter potatoes, zellwood corn, cherry tomatoes, and preserved lemons. I can only assume that hazelnuts are either in season or free. It seemed that <laughs> everything had hazelnuts in it on, the, on this visit. And while in some things that was very successful, in other things it wasn't. As with any Disney restaurant, if you order an entree and are not interested in the accompaniment, they're usually very, very good about allowing you to change your accompaniments. With the roasted chicken, instead of the pear and apple root vegetable mash, we got uh, roasted fingerling potatoes. And when we asked what sea beans were, we were told that they didn't have those and you were going to get hairy couvert, which is French green beans. The chicken was deemed good. It, it's was it sweet? The chicken? No. I'm asking because with the anise, I don't like anise. Actually, food. because this was my mom and she's pretty basic when it comes to her food likes, we asked for this on the side. And in this situation, this was a very good thing. That was a good idea. Yeah. It tasted like dirt. Mm. It was absolutely horrendous. I tasted it before she did in case it was spicy, in case they decided to put Thai chili oil in it and not tell somebody, and apparently made a face. And John said to me, was it not good? I said, try it. Uh. <laughs> tell me what you think. He made the same face. I didn't care for the... This was a smart move. If we would have put this on her chicken, she never would have eaten it. Me neither. Yeah. I had no idea, and I ordered a dish once with anise in it, and it was disgusting. It's basically a licorice flavor. Yeah. yeah. It's gross. This was a roasted chicken breast, and I don't know what they call it, but it's the one where they don't take out all the bone. They leave the little leg bone thing in there, so it's you get an actual chicken breast with that little leg sticking up. And it came with sliced fingerling potatoes that had been roasted and green beans, and she thought it was very good, but it was $28. Wow. It's a lot for a roast chicken dinner. Yes. Okay. It's very expensive for a roast chicken it dinner. It is. This is, we're talking about an 8 to $10 entree. And I realize you're in the Wilderness Lodge, you're in Artist Point, and I'm not really complaining about the price, but it's a lot of money for what you got. Yeah. John had the grilled buffalo sirloin steak with sweet potato, hazelnut gratin, and sweet onion jam. This was $39. Tell, tell me what you So thought. John was ordering off the endangered species uh, list. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Do you have panda? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is an excellent meal. The, the sweet potatoes are terrific. The uh, glazed onions are really good. Buffalo is a very dry meat because there's not a lot of fat in it. 
So it's not as juicy as a regular steak, but it was still really good, very flavorful. It came out hot. It was a decent portion. But again, I you have to fall back on that price is really That's steep. outrageous for the amount of food you get. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every every bit of, bit of it. And you tasted it as well, and you enjoyed it. I, I'm not a great big fan of grilled buffalo. It wasn't bad. It wasn't... I don't care for the venison. This is not something I would order, but it, it wasn't bad. Uh, I actually like the sweet potato hazelnut gratin. In this situation, the hazelnuts were successful. They were in with the sweet potatoes. They ordered like a nice crunchiness to it. Again, it's $39 for an 8-ounce piece of meat. So it's not a lot of food yeah, you're no, getting here. Now, we ordered a whole bunch of appetizers. So we were doing okay as far as portions were concerned. But this is by no means an inexpensive meal. Uh, my meal came out. I ordered, again ordered the seared jumbo dayboat scallops with hazelnut butter potatoes. And this was $29. And for $29, you get three scallops. <gasps> no. In, on a normal entree, that's normally what you get. Three scallops. Are and that's they big, it. though? They're the jumbo scallops. Yeah. And they were cooked perfectly. The scallops were very, very good. Brown for three of them. For three of them. It's 10 bucks a scallop. Uh, you got. It came with the hazelnut butter potatoes. This was a huge mistake. This was mashed potatoes with ground up hazelnuts in it and butter, and it was very, very it, it, it was very very sweet. Mm. It was weirdly crunchy. It was <laughs> inappropriately crunchy. Inappropriately, <laughs> I don't want my mashed potatoes crunchy. I no, just there's don't. something looks like there's glass in it or something. <laughs> like sand. It was, in my opinion, this was entirely the wrong accompaniment for the scallops, and this is not something I changed. This was their doing. And the scallops are such a nice, light flavor to put that heavy, right. rich, this was oh, very, very sweet. rich and cloying. And the accompaniment to the scallops, it just, it, it failed in every way. It came with a little bit of corn, a couple of roasted cherry tomatoes, and I never oh, saw... I thought you were going to say a couple of kernels. No. <laughs> you got, I'm going to guess, a tablespoon of corn. And uh, I never saw a preserved lemon. So it's a $30 entree. I mean, it never wasn't on my plate. It just wasn't there. Um, the scallops were good. Again, it's a $30 entree. And when I tell you they were good, again, for $30, I want to come out and say, wow. This were the best scallops I've ever had. And they're not. With a box. Now, we ordered... Uh, we also ordered dessert, so we could tell you about it. We ordered two desserts. Uh, our desserts were... They range in price from $9 to $13. We decided on the Artist Point Cobbler with seasonal berries... House-made black raspberry ice cream for $9. And a peach upside-down cake with warm peach compote, almond florentine tulle, and peach amaretto ice cream. The Artist Point Cobbler was absolutely beautiful. It was a nice big bowl. And I don't know where Disney gets the idea that putting a muffin top in the bottom of a bowl is the same as, like, making cobbler. And then putting berries on top of it. It's the top of a plain muffin. It's not making a cobbler. Wasn't that a Seinfeld episode? <laughs> yes. To sell muffin tops? <laughs> yes. And she gave the stumps to the homeless. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you think that the homeless don't eat the whole muffin? <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> we were talking about muffin tops. I just like... 
Well, this is flashback to a Seinfeld episode. Sorry, (laughs) this is a dry muffin top with some berries strewn on top of it and a scoop of homemade or housemade raspberry ice cream. Black raspberry ice cream. The berries and the raspberry ice cream were delicious. They were a little tart. Could have done with a spoonful of sugar, Mary Poppins. But um, <laughs> it was, again, this is a, a $9 dessert. I would describe it as a $3 dessert. And it was good, but it's not great. The uh, peach upside down cake with warm peach compote was, in my opinion, much better. And John, who never likes any dessert that Disney makes, thought this was good. It's a small, round, little individual upside-down cake. Peaches on top. It comes with almond florentine. It's a little almond florentine cookie. And peach amaretto ice cream. And it's a small scoop of ice cream. The only thing that doesn't look good is the peach compote. It's basically chopped up peaches in a sauce and they put it next to the cake the problem is it's served on a flat plate so you get this very unappetizing little puddle brown runny puddle that looked like somebody else had it before you of compost yeah (laughs) (laughs) the cake and the ice cream were delicious the compote while it tasted good just it doesn't have that visual appeal you know anything that's brown and runny is not going to be real appetizing to look at we have pictures of all of this which will accompany this so i have proof i've also taken everybody's advice and started putting a full-size dinner fork on every plate so you can get an idea of what we're talking about something to compare it to loose stool compote (laughs) (laughs) well i think the word that came up was bum barf but (laughs) i'm not a fan of the peach or amaretto doesn't sound good at all to me it it actually was good again this is one of those things where anytime we get dessert at disney i'm like arm's length I'll give it a try. This was actually very good. Oddly enough, the thing I liked, they literally used like a melon baller to give you that much ice cream. I was like, okay, this is the one thing I like. And you give me <laughs> a half This, is, this is a $12 dessert. They could spring for a full-size ice cream scoop. You don't have to use the melon baller to make the scoop of ice cream. It would have been okay to give me a little bit more. You still would have had a profit margin. Dinner for two of us, or for three of us, excuse me. Now, again... We ordered a lot of appetizers. We actually ordered an entree as an appetizer. But dinner for three of us, and none of us came out, you know, unbuckling our pants because we were so full, with three appetizers, four appetizers, one being an entree, and three entrees and two desserts. It was $190. Mm. And I would, I would, I left with this. And nobody's same. drinking. Nobody's drinking. Not that's a, no. that's a very expensive meal. No coffee at the end. The only person who got anything different. I I had, you didn't even get it that night. Did you get soda? No, I was drinking ice water that night. Right. So I mean, nothing extra as far as the, the drinks go. It's very very pricey. And hundred ninety dollars. Nobody's drinking. That's crazy. Yeah. And again, it's a very nice space. It's not a wow. I didn't come out of there thinking that this was a great meal. I think it's a lot of money to pay for. I don't even want to say it's mediocre. It's good. But in a place like this, at this price point, you should come out thinking that you've just been served by angels, in my opinion. You know, I feel that way when I come out of the Brown Derby. I feel that way when I come out of Jico. 
when I come out of Narcissus, I think, wow, that meal was awesome. We have. We sort of talk about this. Where would we go back if it was for us? And this is definitely not one of those places we'd ever go back for us. I would never maybe, choose Artist Point. Right, maybe if someone was in town and said, well, that sounds interesting. I'd like to try Buffalo. That might be a reason to go there. Never just for us. There was nothing on this menu that made... You know, when I think of Gico, Gico has the mac, uh, the the fillet with the mac and che- macaroni and cheese. Oh, that that wine reduction sauce. Oh. They also do something called the Taste of a- Africa appetizer, where you get all the little breads and dipping sauces. Those are the kind of things that, when you know you have a craving, I think, oh gosh, I would really like that Taste of Africa appetizer. There's nothing on this menu that made me think. Oh, I can't wait to come back here. Yeah. Even just for this. Oh, what a shame. Now, they take the Disney Dining Experience card, so we got the 20% off that. And um, Now, was that 190 after the... Uh, no, that was before that. That was before? Right. And, and I want to also say, too, I think that this might be a good restaurant if you're on the Disney Dining plan and you're looking for someplace different to go to and try some different things. It's an elegant space. Right? You're going to get your money's worth out of the Disney Dining plan package because of the prices on this menu if you're not paying out of pocket for this experience it might be a little easier i i find that the menu is not as as deep it's i've been there before and their signature dish and our server explained that this was their signature dish was a cedar plank roasted pacific wild king salmon with pear and smoked pork belly hash and i've had it it's 43 dollars for a piece of salmon and I've had it before, and all of the moisture, the last time I had it, all of the moisture was sucked out of that piece of fish. Really? It was dry and chewy, and I wouldn't pay 8 bucks for it, and they're charging 43 While we're on salmon, we ate at Crystal Palace uh, last week. Loved their salmon on the lunch buffet. Their was, salmon is really, really good. Excellent. We always like Crystal Palace. We think the food there is actually decent. And you can... You can the buffet is varied enough that if you want chicken fingers and fries, you can do it. But if you want salmon and or something else. they might be carving prime rib that day. It was our first time. I just, I find this menu to be a little limited. It's, it's, I think the word I would use for it, this menu is unnecessarily fussy. I think this could be made a little simpler, gone with a little simpler preparation and some simpler accompaniments and I think it would be a more successful menu in my opinion I think if it's something that you would like or you think these things sound good to you I'm sorry duck confit is not something that I normally order when I go out to dinner and duck prosciutto when you have to yell into the clown's mouth <laughs> like some duck confit <laughs> you want duck with feet uh, it, it, it wasn't bad but at that price point, it should I shouldn't have to tell you it wasn't bad. And again, this space is absolutely beautiful, and I found out where there's a hidden Mickey that I didn't know about. If you're sitting over by the windows and you look back towards where the servers come out, the kitchen entrance, there's a large painting up overhead, and up towards the upper right-hand corner, there's some clouds. And it takes you a while to find it, but in the clouds, there's a hidden Mickey. So that's it. Cool. Oh, and our ser- one more thing. Our server did not include the mandatory gratuity when we used our Disney dining experience. Hmm. This is a smart server. Yes. Mm -hmm. He did much better by not adding it. Always. And he was terrific. I can say enough good things about him. Not a single problem. Nope. Spot on with everything. Um, 
didn't blink an eye when we made any changes to anything. So he was terrific. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as our service went, but the food was just... It was okay. Yeah. yeah. From a service point of view, you really have to be able to judge your tables to decide whether or not you're going you're gonna to include that on there. Now, I do have to say, this was a seasoned professional server. Yeah. This was not somebody who just got the job. He was, he was friendly without being overbearing. He was knowledgeable about his menu, and he anticipated everything we needed. So I would say he. Do you was remember terrific. his name? I do actually. His name was Andres. However, he was wearing a name tag that said Aaron. That's absolutely true. Andres <laughs> forgot his name tag that day, but again, absolutely positively. He also had very um, old movie star good looks. Like if you think of like an Errol Flynn. Oh, really? Yeah, very, very. My mother spent the entire meal trying to figure out what movie star he looked like. So, <laughs> but I couldn't say enough good things about his service. Well, good. At least, uh, at least the service was good. You had some good, uh, some good dishes, if not a little overpriced. Yeah, it, it's. I know people are constantly looking for me to give this a rating, and I don't. I've, I've explained why I don't feel comfortable doing that. Go see for yourself, especially if you're on the dining plan. Take advantage of the opportunity to explore. Great. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. We appreciate the review. All right. Our next segment this week is Kevin Close giving us a review of the Captain's Grill, one of my personal favorites over at the Yacht Club. How'd it go, Kevin? We walked up to the podium at Captain's Grill in the Yacht Club with no ADR. And we were seated immediately. That's what. Yep, that's one of the things I love about it. And this was at, I'm going to guess, 6 o'clock right. on a Thursday evening. Uh, we were shown to a table. I was surprised the captain's grill was very crowded. Was it? Very crowded. Not only was it very crowded, but there was a lot of large parties. One party had like 40 people in it. Wow. And then the table we sat closest to was a party of 12. So there were some large groups. And I'm thinking that maybe because you don't need an ADR, because it's a little looser, that they were easier to get a large group into a restaurant like that. We were seated very quickly. And our server approached the table. And his name was Genesis. And Genesis asked for our order, our drink orders, and we explained to him that we were going to order drinks and appetizers and kind of look over the menu and decide. And we, there were, there were four of us. And we told him what we wanted as far as drinks. And he repeated it back to us, and not one single thing was correct. <laughs> we wanted two waters, a decaf coffee, and a diet soda. So you want a milk, two sodas, and iced tea? And I thought, <laughs> I said to him, you're, you're, you're going to write this down, right? No, I'll get it. Tell me again. I thought, okay. So I didn't have high hopes for this. I, I, I thought, we'll, we'll just drink whatever he brings. <laughs> <laughs> so we ordered our appetizers. Um, we should note, though, that he did bring the right drinks. He did bring the right drinks. He just looked confused. Uh we ordered appetizers. There are six appetizers offered. There's a, a New England lager braised mussels, New England clam chowder, the wedge, which is a salad of iceberg chopped egg and blue cheese, crab cakes, spinach cheese dip, and a Caesar salad. We ordered an order of the crab cakes. We ordered a spinach cheese dip, and we ordered two of the New England clam chowder. Now, we also asked if we could order the chicken noodle soup off the children's menu for one of our party. My mom wanted the chicken noodle soup, and... He explained to us that chicken noodle soup was also an adult appetizer, 
and that we were able to order it as an adult appetizer. Not a problem. I have a feeling that had to do with pricing more than anything else. I, I wasn't concerned about what the cost of the noodle soup was, but that's what she wanted. The New England clam chowder was good. However, John and I, my family, are spoiled. We know of two spots in Orlando to get what we consider to be world-class New England clam chowder. And a, one of them is the Celebration Town Tavern. We talked about it all the time. They have the best clam chowder I've ever had. This was good. It was pale by comparison. It had a, a little bit more of a smoky taste than I like, but it was good. The chowder got eaten quickly. The crab cakes, I uh, they weren't sad little crab cakes. You got two of them. They were ten forty nine. They were on a bed of um, lettuce and like uh, like a coleslaw kind of thing. And while they were okay, nobody around the table was all excited about them. They were kind of middle of the road. If you're a real big crab cake fan, these might be great for you. If you're not, I didn't think they were, I mean, I wouldn't go out of my way to go back and get them. We also ordered the spinach cheese dip, which is grilled flatbread pieces, chopped onions, tomatoes, and bacon. Uh, this was seven forty nine. This was a hit. This was a small, I'm going to say like a teacup size portion of spinach cheese dip with all little flatbread squares that had been roasted or toasted. They were a little bit crispy. That was very, very tasty. Now, while we're enjoying our appetizers, the way our seats were facing, they were facing the main entrance of the restaurant. And the entire time we sat there, there was a manager of the restaurant overseeing the restaurant. And all of us commented on, wow, look at how attentive he is. He's really got his finger of what's going on. And we thought that we it, he was such a presence that everybody noticed it. Well, my dad didn't notice it, but he had his back to him. The other three of us actually commented on how much presence the manager had in the restaurant. Hmm. Genesis came back to our table, and we ordered our entree. Now, again, there are eight entrees. There's um, everything from grilled New York strip. There's a market fish, a, a chef's pasta creation, roast prime rib, grilled apple cider pork chops, warm wild mushroom onion tart, oven roasted chicken breast, and baked scallops. I want to want to go back for a minute. I want to add, too, that your mom really enjoyed her soup, which is tough for us, right. finding a really good soup. The chicken noodle soup, I should say, was very good. She enjoyed it. Right. So Genesis came to the table, and I said to him, I wanted to know what the specials were, because there's a, an entree listed as market fish and a, pasta, a chef's pasta creation. So I said to him, can you tell me? Salmon. I said, excuse me? Salmon. I said, that's the market fit. Salmon. And I thought, okay. That's not what he said, though. He said salmon. <laughs> he, did. he did say salmon. Um, I said, could you tell me how it's cooked? It's cooked like salmon. I thought, okay. What's the chef? Lobster. And I said, what? I, the chef's pasta creation is lobster? It's lobster pasta? And he rolled his eyes and he said, no, it's lobsters and mussels and tomatoes. I said, is that in a pasta? Is it? 
I, 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 okay, never mind. <laughs> it was like he was trying to anticipate everything right. we were going to say. And only give me the, 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 the keywords like we were in a real hurry or something. I thought, I can you know take the couple of seconds to hear the whole description. He only gave you the nouns. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> the nouns were missing from the other meal. Maybe he heard the podcast and thought, hey, they just want to hear the nouns. What's the po- lobster? <laughs> and that's exactly what it was. It was like, all right, never mind. So... We ordered, John and my dad ordered the grilled apple cider pork chop at twenty one ninety nine, which comes with a warm cabbage slaw and house-made apple butter. Sounds good. Uh, I ordered the baked scallops with citrus herb gremolata and broccolini. How many were there? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mom ordered the oven-roasted chicken breast with mushroom pearl pasta and seasonal vegetables. Now, again, we've told you before, my mom has some difficulty with spices, so we tried to get Genesis. I said, is the mushroom pearl pasta spicy? I don't know. I said, well, can we try? Are you kidding? Exactly. So I said to him, can we try just a teaspoonful of it? Because if that's not good, we'll get potatoes or french fries or rice. I don't know, something. No, you can't try any. Okay. They make it just as the meal is being prepared. And I thought, mm, yeah. Okay, fine. So we ordered it as is. No changes to the menu. John, our, our dinners were delivered. John and my dad had a grilled pork chop sitting on apple peels. It was a pile of apple peels. It was a teaspoon of apple peels. And I said to him, what is that? He said, I don't really know. Their food came out, and they, they, they brought them out in these oven mitts, these opera-length oven mitts. <laughs> they like went up to their <laughs> armpits. And they, all they kept saying was, watch out for the dish, watch out for the dish. Their dishes were scalding hot. They brought my food and my mom's food with the oven mitts, didn't tell us to watch out for the dish. Now, on my plate, I had a little pewter... Um, dish of scallops i have no many no no idea how many were in there because i didn't see a citrus herb gremolata i saw breadcrumbs all i had was this little pewter dish covered with breadcrumbs i'm assuming the scallops were underneath there i never actually got to check but i'll tell you why in a minute and i got broccolini my mom got this oven roasted chicken breast and the mushroom pearl pasta with seasonal vegetables. Oh, we had asked what the seasonal vegetables were, and he told us it was vegetables like thread. And I said to him, uh, it's vegetables like thread? They're cut like thread. I thought, all right, whatever. Now, was he being nasty? No. no he was actually he was, trying to be very helpful. He was just not informed or wasn't speaking. He didn't this care, th- it sounds like to me. Or didn't, w- w- there was some kind of breakdown somewhere. So... John and my dad start eating, and my mom touches her chicken, and she said to me, I know you think I complain. Will you touch this? And my mom's chicken was chilly. Ew. It was actually cold. It was like they took it out of the refrigerator. Now, I had broccolini, which is tall broccoli as far as I'm concerned, (laughs) and I took a little butter and spread it on it, and it just laid there. So I touched it, and my broccolini without exaggeration, had come out of the refrigerator. You're my, kidding. My broccolini was refrigerated. So, now we told you before that there's a manager within eye shot. He walks by, and I said to him, excuse me, sir. He turns around and he goes, what? 
I said, these two dishes came out cold. Now, you're going to think I'm exaggerating here. I can vouch for every word of this. I said, these two dishes came out ice cold. He said, talk to your server. What? You are kidding me. This is, it, it's not even bad yet. This isn't the worst part. So I called the server over. Now, he walked away from me. I called the server over, and I explained to the server that these two meals, they weren't just not hot enough. They weren't hot. So they came back out. He went back in the... It was like those swinging bar room doors. He went through the swinging bar room doors and walked back out. And he said, these were recooked. And set them down on the table. He says, I'm going to stand here until you tell me if they're okay. So I took the butter and I put a little butter on my broccolini. And the butter sat there. And my mother said to the man, I'm not going to eat this. Would you touch the chicken? Ice cold. Ugh. So, now, the manager, whose name is Bob, by the way. Al. Al. Excuse me. Al, by the way. You forget. That reminded me of Bob. That was the problem. Al is walking past our table with a broom and a dustpan. And I figured, okay, I tried this once already. I think your turn. it's your turn to get involved. So I said to him, excuse me. And he turns around and he goes, I told you to talk to your server. And I said to him, I've tried that once already. And Bob raised his hands to me, put his hands out in front of him and said, hold on a minute. Calm down. I don't want you screaming in my dining room. Oh, my, oh my God. This guy would have been dead on the floor if I had been there. <laughs> There's a reason why he's not. John and my mother both put their hands out like this and said, stop. I said to him, I don't appreciate your attitude. I have tried to talk to you twice. He said, I do not appreciate the fact that you're yelling. I said, I'm only yelling to get your attention because you won't stop and talk to me. Well, what's the problem? I've got a full dining room here. So I told you, him. You, you're, you're, you're kidding me. No. Oh my God. So he says to me, I, I, I don't see the problem. So we told him what the problem was. He goes, I'll have them recooked. I'll give you a 10% discount. I said to him, I'm not looking for a discount. I'm looking for a warm dinner. I don't have anybody else complaining. Oh, my God. So now, you know, John gets involved. So he says to John, listen. I was going to say, where the hell were you? <laughs> well, we were. It was all sort of this going around the table. And then he went to, I'm going to give you 20%. And I'm like, listen, this isn't let's make a deal. We don't want money off our meal. We want a good meal. So they take these two away. And in the meantime, Kevin's dad and I are eating. And the food's good and hot. But you feel horrible. Right. Sitting there eating when That's no one the else worst. is eating. So he comes back and he says to me, I guess I'll just recook the meal. I said, I don't want. And he goes like this to put his hands up. And I said, I would not do that again if I were you. If you put your hands up and tell me to calm down. I'm going to have the manager of the hotel in here. Stop talking to me like I'm a child. The entire time, he says to me, well, I don't know what your problem is. I said, my problem is, is not once have you said I'm sorry. Not once have you said, listen, this was a mistake and I'll correct it. What you're trying to do is you're trying to get me to shut up and leave. So he finally says, listen, I'm just going to comp your whole meal. I thought, well, I didn't have a meal. F free nothing is not a good deal. <laughs> So, <laughs> so at this point, it's it's really just degraded to something beyond repair. And I, it, and Kevin's mom pulls him aside. and I say, "Listen, let your mother handle this. She's gonna she's gonna do the right thing." And she pulled the guy over, and I can hear him. She very softly talked to him and said, "Listen, um, 
We didn't appreciate the way you talked to us. Oh, I'm just trying to do my job. I'm just trying to make sure you have a good meal. Well, you're not doing your job. We didn't have a good meal. You're not a very good manager. All very sort of calm and quiet. And pretty much by the time we were done, he was apologizing up and down and left and right. But it was... Too late. Too late. Sorry. It was the worst experience we've ever had in a Disney restaurant wow. ever. I'm sorry. Putting your hands in my face and telling me like I'm a child oh, to absolutely. calm down? And it was literally... Kevin said... Excuse me, and he said, "Stop yelling in my restaurant." Calm down. I don't want you yelling in my restaurant. This was the grill, not the galley, right? The captain's grill. Okay. Well, it used to be the Yacht Club galley. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's this the is the place. place. We yeah, yeah, this they is changed the name. Uh, yeah, they that. changed the name. I have to tell you, I have never ever been treated like this in a restaurant, and I wasn't being out. I wasn't being overt. I tried to get the manager's attention. I wasn't communicating with his waiter. Uh, and I, I, I don't know that it's not his fault. He just, he wasn't listening. He wasn't communicating. He wasn't even answering the direct questions we were asking him. And it's not like we were, you know, throwing calculus at him. I wanted to know what came with the, the fish dish. Three times, and each time their dishes came out ice cold, like they were coming from the refrigerator. And so I decided, now I don't know if you know anything about cooking, but my scallops had a butter sauce on them. And every time they reheated them, these scallops got greasier and greasier because the butter sauce broke. So now I have a, a, a bowl of slop. <laughs> and all I had asked for was his attention for a second. I, got it, I said to him, Al, you know, you don't even know what I'm going to do with this information. <laughs> really? But lots of people are going to know. And I never walk around telling people. I don't even make reservations under my own name so people don't know that I'm there. I, this was just the most inferior. We walked out and we went to we went to Benihana and had dinner. Oh, so it was incredible! I could not believe what happened. It was a disaster, an unmitigated disaster. John liked his pork chop. My dad liked his pork chop. It was on a pile of apple peels. You know, I'm, and that's it for twenty one ninety nine. I'm wondering if they didn't make other changes to that restaurant when they changed the name because it used to be in the Yacht Club Galley. Now it's the Captain's Grill. And I got to tell you, I've been there. I've eaten there at least a dozen times or more over the over the past ten years. And every single experience, consistently, the food was excellent. The service was excellent. Everything was. We enjoyed the food. The, the places where we didn't enjoy the food were mostly personal well, no. taste. A a thing like this, though, right? There should not be a manager anywhere on Disney property that is going to say to any guest when they're stopped, "I need," and say, "I need help." That manager stops what they're doing right then and there and helps their guests, he, especially if that's the manager of the restaurant and that's his job. Oh, he told us he was the manager of the restaurant because we asked that. And, I mean, to, first of all, to snap at me, talk to your server. He actually said, this is what you have a server for. What? <laughs> I would, I, I'm sorry. I, that's exactly what he said. I would, uh, I, I would follow up, Kevin, honestly, with a letter, with a letter to the GM of the Yacht Club. It was it was. Horrible! It was a horrible guest interaction, and this gentleman had no idea who any of us were. It was just we were just po- we were very poorly treated. And you wonder how many other people this has happened to. Yeah, right. you have to wonder. You have to. And like I said, you know, I've always loved the Yacht Club or Captain's Girl, whatever, um, because of the fact that it was so, so easy to get into. Nice, uh, nice location from Epcot. If you couldn't get into one of the restaurants there. Uh, in World Showcase, you could walk over to the Yacht Club, eat there, go without an ADR, go in your whatever you were wearing to the parks. You didn't feel, you know, 
self-conscious and get a great meal. I've never seen it busy there either. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe, I don't know, maybe something's changed. Maybe, maybe uh, they were all in the weeds. I, I'm sorry. I've it's, worked in no restaurants. I've it. worked in customer service. I've worked in grocery stores. I've had lots of jobs where I dealt with the public. And no matter how busy, we ate in a restaurant yesterday where the restaurant went from being empty to full in about three minutes yeah. because of a lightning storm that was happening over in Cocoa Beach. And our waitress couldn't have been nicer. And she finally said to us, I can't tell you how overwhelmingly in the weeds we are. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being even the slightest bit patient. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And this was just... That's all you need. Oh, wait. Exactly. This gentleman... I'm, I'm sorry, you never put your hands in anybody's oh, face. Geez. And to talk down to them and tell them to calm down, I don't want you yelling in my restaurant. And all I had said to him was, excuse me, can you help me? I'll murder you in your restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be screaming. You want screaming? So our restaurant review of Captain's Grill is leave and go to Benihana. Wow. And that's exactly what we did. We went to Benihana for dinner. Wow. I'm so sorry you had that experience. The food that I tasted, well, I wouldn't. I, I thought the spinach cheese dip was really good. I thought the the clam chowder was good. Yeah, but in a, it's a, hard to mess up you spinach can't, cheese. Well, dip. I'm just saying though that in a, a situation like this, there's no way to do any kind of like the, food review. Right. Really. The problem is in hindsight, you know, everything got ruined. Yeah, because, because of, the of this. Exactly. Yeah, the cast members had a had an um, an option to really make all dinner better. They could have, and you know, we, and they didn't. Kevin Kevin says it many times. We've all said it many times. These are snapshots. Of what took place. But the fact that something like this could take place. I mean, you can you can blow off a cast member being a little rude or a little disinterested. They're having a bad day. They're human like everybody else. But this is this is particularly egregious. This is particularly unprofessional and particularly un-Disney. Especially from a manager. Especially from a manager. Who watched a situation disintegrate and kept trying to pawn it off on someone else. Yeah. There are certain basic this is things why you, you have do. a server. Uh. <laughs> there are certain basic things you should do, and one of the things he should have done was apologize for the meal not being right. Yeah, and never once did that occur until until he put his hands in my face a second time, and I told him not to do it. Right, You'd be pulling back a bloody stump until he was threatened. Oh well, I'm really sorry that that's uh, very disappointing, but <sighs> amazing, amazing. Well, thank you very much for that, Kevin. We appreciate the review. And that is going to do it for our show this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to be back to our normal recording schedule starting next week. So until then, thanks very much for listening, and we'll be back with you again next Wednesday with another edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. 